welcome back to the Innovator Podcast, the female entrepreneur series that dives into the stories of how women founders tackled hardship and difficulties to ultimately find success. My name is Erica Sullivan, and I am the host of the Innovator Podcast, and today I'm welcoming Lindsay Tarna. Lindsay is the founder and chief chocolatier of Laughing Gold Chocolates. Laughing Gold Chocolates was founded in 2014 by a desire to change the world with chocolate. Lindsay has taken chocolate confections to a new level and leads her workshops with the knowledge and experience from visiting various cacao farms. She has a drive for finding a sustainable way to bring this commodity to the community. Lindsay's palette for flavors is unmatched and her passion for her mission has only been taught by her love for her daughters and family. Lindsay joined the podcast today with her sweet newborn daughter, Natalie. So if you hear crying and everything in this episode, it is just a reminder of the raw and real things that go into being an entrepreneur and a mother at the same time. Lindsay really does it all. And we left this episode raw and real so that you get a sense of the good and the hard in life and how you can overcome it all and still be a successful entrepreneur. Ladies, you can do it all. So Lindsay, welcome to the Innovator Podcast. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Innovator Podcast to talk a little bit about Laughing Gold Chocolates, your experience as an entrepreneur, and really where your career path has led you today. How I like to start is for entrepreneurs to start us at the very beginning and talk to us a little bit about what their early life was like and how their story has evolved throughout the years to get them where they are today. Sure. So I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I grew up in Rhode Island and grew up in a family of chocoholics, really, who my family primarily liked dark chocolate. I grew up baking with my family learned very early in life how to love chocolate, especially dark chocolate. And um, that so that was always really a part of my life. Um, part of my day to day life. When I went to college, I was studying, I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. So I was studying government and Spanish, and I was minoring in Latin American studies. And Um, My senior year, I had to do a capstone paper, Um, and so I decided I was going to work with a history professor who I had taken classes with, and my capstone paper was on the history of the morality of chocolate, because really, why not? So um, I did a lot of research on the history of chocolate. I translated a number of documents, a number of primary documents about the the morality of chocolate and how chocolate, the consumption of chocolate, the harvesting of chocolate, the cultivation, how that fit into day-to-day life. And um, there was one day when I was, I was working at a hospital at the time and somebody asked me what I wanted to do when I graduated. And I had no idea. And I think really just to kind of end that conversation or, or stop thinking about my future, I said, I don't know, I'm going to save the world with chocolate. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, um, I, it kind of resonated with me. I don't know where that answer came from, but it sounded like something that I really did want to do. And, and I continued to say that. And so I was 20 at the time and 
I continued to that that you know kind of saving the world with chocolate that never left my mind. And so I graduated still having no idea what I truly wanted to do except that I wanted to save the world with chocolate. And so I did a lot of different things. I graduated um, 15 years ago and I've had a number of jobs, all of which have really led me to Laughing Gold Chocolates. And, um, you know, I know we're going to talk more about the business, um, but I don't claim to be saving the world with chocolate, but I like to think that um, with my business partners, we're, we're making the world a better place through our chocolate. I love that. And my my family's definitely um, dark chocolate lovers as well. I definitely relate to that. Yes, we love our fair share of dark chocolate. (laughs) Um, So you kind of talked to us a little bit about where Laughing Gull Chocolates comes into your story. But then you also spoke about, you know, these business partners that are now in the company with you. So can you expand a little bit more about where it went from, you know, a love of chocolate having your capstone in college or independent, was it a capstone or was it a? It was called a capstone paper. Yeah. But it was a kind of brought everything, all of my studies t- to a close. Great. And then, so what happened really in between there to get you where you are today now? I'm sure there were a lot of bits and pieces along the way. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I did a number of different things. I worked with immigrants for a couple of years right out of college in Washington, D.C. Um, Although, to tell you the truth, I started working on a business plan right after college. Um, So I, you know, in college, I said, I'm going to save the world with chocolate. And then I started to think about what that meant and what that could possibly look like. And so I had a full-time job working with, with immigrants, but started to think about a business plan of working with chocolate and and using ethically sourced ingredients. Um, So after DC, I went back to Rhode Island. Um, I worked at a culinary university. And while I was working there with students, I started making chocolate truffles. And I would give them out as gifts and eat my fair share of them. And then after the university work, I... um, continued to make chocolates on the side, and then went to work at a nonprofit organization with high school students from kind of underserved communities. And while I was there, I heard about a what they called a kitchen business incubator. And so this kitchen business incubator in Rhode Island started, and I, it sounded like the perfect opportunity for me to learn more about running a business and specifically a, a kitchen-based business all over the country. But, you know, especially in Rhode Island, there's a lot of red tape and, and bureaucracies in order to start a business. So having this incubator there to help and having a community to help was a, a game changer. And so I applied to be in this incubator and was accepted. And so I started going into this shared kitchen and started making chocolates, chocolate truffles once or twice a week and started thinking about what it meant to make the world a better place using chocolate. And so I was using ethically sourced ingredients. um, And I know, you know, I I assume we'll talk more about what that means. Um, I'd like to talk more about what that means, but I started using those ingredients, especially the chocolate, as many locally ingredients as possible. And 
started a business and it started as a as a hobby. I was still working full time. And then very quickly it it grew to be kind of a second second full time job right around the time that I got engaged and soon married. Um, and then we were actually moving. So from Rhode Island we moved ultimately to where I am now, which is in Rochester, New York. And when we moved, I kind of thought, well, I can look for a quote unquote real job where I'll know I know I'll get paid, but I will we were starting a family and so I, you know, was going to get paid to fund daycare. Or I could follow my dream and see if I can make a go of this of this chocolate thing of laughing gull chocolates and then potentially have my my child with me at work, my baby with me at work. And um, you know, at the time I thought, well, I have no idea you know, it'll be easy. I can make chocolate. I can run a business, no problem. And I can have a baby, no problem. And and of course I can have the two. I didn't realize how hard both of them were. Turns out they were both pretty challenging. And so soon after my daughter, who's now, she'll be three in July. Soon after she was born, I met one of my now business partners and I met her at a at a what we called a breastfeeding cafe, kind of like a new mom group. Um, and she has a son who's six weeks younger than a daughter. And she started working for me. And we were at the time setting up our brick and mortar. And then once we were open, about six months later, we met um, our our third now business partner, um, who has a daughter two weeks younger than than Dylan. So we have, all of us have three kids. Well, actually now we have four because I have a newborn now too, but pre-COVID-19, there were three business owners and three kids and Carla and I, Carla was the, is the mom of Dylan who started working with me right away. We worked really well together and um, we kind of traded off working and taking care of the kids. And soon after we met Allison, who started coming into the chocolate shop. She lives around the corner and has a daughter two weeks younger than Dylan. And she started hanging out at the shop almost every day. And, and we discovered that she has business skills that really complemented mine. So between the three of us, we all had complementary skills and personalities. And so later that summer, about I don't know, a little bit of time after we officially opened, I guess six months after we officially opened, we became business partners. And part of the business model is um, running the business and bringing the kids to work. And so even though that wasn't necessarily what I set out to do, that truly became a part of of what Laughing Gold Chocolates is. Does that make sense? I love that so much. Yeah, because I think there are so many women and, you know, they try and figure out how on earth they're going to balance a career and raising a family. And I think we get told a bunch of different lies, to be perfectly honest, about you're going to do it all. You're going to do it all. And here's the thing. People feel bad when they figure out they can't. So I love that you're doing that, that you guys are bringing that together. You all have your families brought into this company as well with you guys. Yeah, it's, I feel so fortunate and I'm so grateful every single day to be doing something that I love with people that I love. And you're absolutely right. I mean, like I said, when I first started, I thought, well, yeah, having a baby is, 
yeah, it's kind of hard, but I can, I can do it. And having a business, I know people say it's hard, but you know, I, I love chocolate. And, um, so there's my keyboard. <laughs> yeah. I love chocolate and, and I love the community and, and I'm passionate about the story, passionate about the story of chocolate, but it's, it's hard and it's hard to be a mom and it's hard to be a working mom and it's hard to run a business. And so I think having a good support system is is crucial and we found a way to make it work and there are some days that are really really hard but we have been fortunate enough to kind of choose our hard yeah absolutely and you touched a little bit on this earlier and i want to give you the opportunity to expand on it even more but you talk about how you guys provide ethically sourced, high quality, organic chocolates made with local ingredients and flavors. And I think this is really important. I'd love you to talk a little bit more about the importance of transparent sourcing and really what you guys are doing. Yeah, so when I first kind of conceived of the idea of Laughingle Chocolates, before it even was Laughingle Chocolates, it was about ethically sourced chocolate. Um, and before I learned all of the ins and outs of of chocolate of cacao cultivation and harvesting it was about the harvesting of cacao um, because there is a lot of exploitation in the chocolate world especially with with growing cacao um, there's a lot of child labor and and so when i first you know that was kind of what the impetus of ethically sourced chocolate was. So I started to learn more about how I could change that because I wanted to be able to provide chocolate that was that would make people feel good, that would make people happy, and that made the people making it and cultivating the cacao that made the chocolate and that made them happy. Ethically sourced not only means that the farmers get higher than a fair living wage, it means that the way that cacao is grown is environmentally sustainable. So that cacao is grown in a biodiverse environment so that the farmers can sell the cacao as well as other products, fruit, you know, whatever else is growing on their farm um, so that that farm will be around for generations to come. And that is, we believe, so important for the farmers, for the environment, um, and and also for the chocolate, to be honest. Um, it makes for a much higher quality chocolate. No, absolutely. I love that. And when I read that on your website, I knew I had to give you the opportunity to speak a little bit about it, because um, that's such an important thing, especially in today's day and age. You know, with all the craziness, too, is great to be able to give back to smaller communities and communities that you know are doing good things. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, you know, I touched on the, the ethically sourced cacao and, and what's been really interesting throughout this pandemic is, is one of the, I'm a very optimistic person and I try to look on the bright side, um, but it's been in a way a chance to um, I guess raise more awareness for these farmers and for these small communities and so you know everybody's struggling right it, it's hard for everybody um in different ways but we are doing the best that we can to support small farmers who are growing cacao in an environmentally sustainable way um who are paying their farmers 
higher than than a, than a, what's considered a fair living wage because often that's really not what they need to get by. Um, and then of course the the local piece also. Um, so for example, we make a kombucha truffle and we're using ethically sourced cacao. And then this one happens to be a vegan truffle. So we use a kombucha that is made from a woman owned business and she's local. She's right down the street. She happened to go to high school with one of our, our business partners. We use local cream in, in all of our truffles. So we use as many local, very local ingredients as possible. Another thing I wanted to touch on that I read a brief blurb on your website about the story behind the name of your company. Yeah. And I'd love for you to share that if you wouldn't mind um, talking about the importance of the name. Yeah, of course. So um, when I first started the the business side of, of saving the world with chocolate, um, it happened to be right around the time that my grandmother had passed away. It was, you know, filing the paperwork right around that time. And um, so I was kind of doing that while at the same time thinking about my grandmother and my now um, husband and I were looking at a bird book, thinking about my grandmother because she was an avid bird lover. And he looked at me and he said, what do you think about laughing gull? Um, and I don't even know that I answered him. I, I called my mom and said, what do you think about laughing gull chocolates? And it fit. And the reason that it fit is because my grandmother was an incredible woman who made everybody around her smile. Like I said, she was an, an avid bird lover and literally towards the end of her life only ate dark chocolate. Um, she lived into her mid nineties and um, she refused to eat anything but dark. Um, and so it, it just, it really fit. She loved the beach and, and the ocean. You know, she, like I said, made people happy. And I would like to think that our chocolate makes people happy as well. I love that story. And I I think um, her living into her 90s says good things about dark chocolate and the health benefits <laughs> provided by it. <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> we can tell ourselves that, right? Exactly. <laughs> so one thing I also love to ask the entrepreneurs, and this is funny because I ask it every single time and people normally laugh at me. I ask them to walk us through a normal day in your life if there even is such a thing as a normal day as an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and things change drastically with children, especially during this day and age. With I mean, my my younger daughter was born on March 16th, which you know was right at the beginning of this pandemic. So there's definitely not really such thing as a normal day these days. Um, but waking up and and having breakfast and getting the kids now, you know, my daughter before, now both of the girls ready um, for the day. And we live just a couple of blocks from Laughingle Chocolate. So we typically walk right over there, regardless of the weather. And we might have another breakfast with, with Dylan and Lucy at the shop. Um, we kind of take turns hanging out with the kids and going into the kitchen, um, pre-COVID-19, taking care of customers. We try to balance computer work and kitchen work. Um, right now, there are only three of us. We did actually just hire a couple of employees before the pandemic um, started, and, and we hope to hire them back 
as soon as possible. Um, but right now it's just three of us and, and there's a lot going on. And so that means that marketing is all on us and social media is all on us. And, um, you know, we try to write blog posts and, um, I don't know, just keeping up with emails and, and then production. There's a lot of production um, and product development. That's one thing that we've been doing a lot of recently, which this pandemic has allowed us to do more of. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, a general day in the life of, but it varies. And, and one of the things that Carla, Allison, and I have learned how to do as well as possible is, is being flexible, um, both on a day-to-day -day basis, depending on kitchen needs and also depending on the kids' needs. Um, yeah, does that, is that, does that answer the question? Absolutely. That definitely answers the question. I think it also touches on something that I've heard a lot of people say recently, and it's the fact that if they were in a good routine prior to COVID-19, they've really had to redefine what structure in a routine looks like in their life. And you know what, that's completely okay. None of us were expecting this. I mean, you have a newborn baby at home. Yeah, definitely was not something that anybody could have planned for. And I have to give you a huge shout out because you have, you were doing an interview, you were rocking your newborn baby. <laughs> Superwoman. <laughs> you were doing it all right now. Well, but I mean, like you said at the beginning of this, that so many women do this and don't get the credit. And to be honest, this is what so many parents are doing right now. Um, I mean, this was our business model for a couple of years before COVID-19 happened, but I'm not the only one doing this right now. So, and I'm very lucky to have the support, not, you know, all, from my husband, but also from my business partners. So another thing I like to ask, because I found that I've been introduced to so many amazing books and podcasts and everything from asking this question. But what is a book, a resource, or a podcast that you love and want to share with the audience? So I do a lot of a lot of chocolate reading and and listening and watching. And so I think as far as entrepreneurship goes, there are two podcasts that I've been listening to, How I Built This and The Pitch. And then I've been listening to um, Well Tempered is a is a chocolate podcast that, you know, it's very specific to the chocolate world, but it focuses on women in the chocolate world, which until very, very recently was a little bit of a rarity. I mean, chocolate and entrepreneurship in general is is challenging and has its own challenges, but especially in the chocolate world, women are a rarity. And so this particular podcast has been kind of refreshing to listen to and very inspirational. So those are the podcasts that I've listened to, um, that I like to listen to. And then I read a lot about chocolate. I don't know if you're interested in hearing any of those books. <laughs> um, we can definitely include them in the show notes. I know that podcast sounds very interesting to me because I didn't even know a chocolate podcast existed. So you have piqued my interest. <laughs> well, and it's about chocolate, but it, like I said, it focuses on women who are chocolate entrepreneurs in some capacity, um, chocolate innovators in some capacity. So yeah, there are a couple of cho chocolate podcasts. But that one is is what I'm listening to now and 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 learning a lot from it. 
And we'll include these in the show notes as well. So if people are listening and interested and, you know, checking out those as well, we'll make it very easy for them to find them. But my last question is, where can the audience find you if they'd like to connect? So we are all over social media, um, especially Facebook and Instagram. Uh, And you can find us at Laughing Gold Chocolates. And then, of course, our website, which, again, is laughinggoldchocolates.com. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on today and taking the time to talk with me, you know, amidst all this craziness with a newborn child and COVID-19. I just really appreciate your time and, you know, having the opportunity to tell your story, the good, the bad, and everything in between with the audience today. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been nice talking to you. Thank you for listening to the Innovator Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Lindsay from Laughing Gull Chocolates. As promised, we have a promo code for you guys today. The promo code is Podcast, and it'll give you a discount code on your chocolate purchase. So head over to Laughing Gull Chocolates, which is linked in the bio, to use this promo code. If you like this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review, and we'll see you next week on the Innovator Podcast.